the NFL stands for not for long. Except Sharga and Armstead. Roll out. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting corner of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Colin Thompson Show. That's Jack Connell. I'm Colin Thompson. Everything we do here is presented by Not For Long Media and our friends at the original Fudge Kitchen. They ship fudge. They ship sweet treats across the country. Saltwater taffy, creamy fudge. What else? I mean, the chocolate-covered pretzels, the homemade Reese's cups. I don't know if they can call them. Peanut butter stuffed chocolates, if you will. Uh, just all the different flavors. Chocolate, vanilla, peanut butter, mint, maple, walnut, all the fresh handcrafted fudge. You can't beat it, Jack. Fudgekitchens.com. They'll ship it to you across the country. And if you get down to Jersey Shore, you can go pick it up. All the way from Ocean City, all the way down to Cape May. Andrew Siciliano joins us after Jack and I's little powwow today, talking all things NFL. Now, we recorded this Monday before the trade deadline. It was great to have Andrew on. We met at the NFL broadcast media boot camp. A great guy. So successful at the NFL Network. Great story. Super friendly. Just an amazing announcer voice. Jack got to sit in the back. What were your thoughts on uh, our interview with Andrew? That was great. He's super great guy. I mean, really insightful information talking about the league. I'm interested to see how the season pans out. You guys are kind of talking ahead, and I think this second half of the season could be really interesting. I mean, there's so much that could happen. I mean, Joe Douglas even said earlier today they're expecting Aaron Rodgers to be back, which is just absurd. Unbelievable. Now, we had Yoni Rosenblatt on before. Yoni talked about how this isn't the, the most severe Achilles situation, and we'll have Yoni on again talking about Kirk Cousins, something we're going to talk about today on the show. But it's still an Achilles injury nonetheless. Aaron is doing an amazing job pushing through. Uh, I'm sure they're doing some rehab stuff and all the different things, but it's not wizardry. Everyone's making out to seem like it's just like drugs and wizardry and Aaron's you know, doing whatever and going underneath a rock somewhere and popping out with a better Achilles. No, it's a lot of hard work. I bet he's getting 10 hours of sleep a night, like ridiculous, unhuman type normal behavior, 10 plus hours a night. That's the only way you really recover. Only anybody fool you. Sleep's really the main thing. Jack and I are sleep deprived because we're in sports media and everything else we have going on, but that's neither here nor there. So Andrew's coming up a little bit. I wanted to touch on just the crazy day in the NFL that it was today. Uh, a little bit more activity this year than last year. High-profile players traded, some that weren't, um, just to run through it. Chase Young moved on from in Washington from former top pick. A couple injuries over the years, never really lived up to that second overall pick where he went. He joined his other second overall pick from Ohio State and Joey Bosa with the Niners. Really impressive what they're going to have up front with their O-line with Hargrave, Armstead, uh, Clean and Farrell. Uh, Boza, obviously, Randy Gregory, uh, you know, and then their linebackers are nasty. Their DBs are really good, too. Sweat to Chicago for a second-round pick. Played against Sweat. The guy has super long arms, super physical. I think just a gut feeling. They're traded for him. The old sign-and-trade you see in other sports where you get a guy 
so you can get him in the building, and then you have better negotiating ploy because the number's the number for these guys. They don't take discounts, right? Like you're up for your first contract. You get paid as much as you can. That's this game because it ends tomorrow uh, for most players in this league. You don't go out on your own terms. Look at a Kirk Cousins. Look at Aaron Rodgers, right? Like it could be over tomorrow. We're hoping they're back and they're healthy, but you take the money right away, especially if it's your first big contract after your rookie season. So sweat to Chicago. We'll see how that works out. Leonard Leonard Williams leaving the Giants, going to Seattle. Massive, massive for that team. He's a monster, absolute monster. Tried to block him in New York. Tried to block him in the Under, Under Armour All-American game. The dude is a beast. Went to USC from uh, Tampa, Florida, I believe. We tried to get him to become a Gator. He, he decided to head out west. I get it. Don't blame him. And uh, guy's a monster now, and he'll be huge for Seattle and their defense and how they move players around and play with the big people in the middle and the, the stand-up guys on the edge and the crowd noise. Massive move for Seattle. Not rocking the boat with the team too much, but adding a big piece. Uh, Ezra Cleveland going to Jacksonville is a bigger deal than you think. Obviously, Kirk Cousins goes down in Minnesota. Ezra was a left guard for the Vikings. Jax adds some good depth. The guy was a great player. I was with him in training camp. I was very impressed by him. He moves really well. Boise State O-lineman. Some of these guys around the league, Jack, you play with, and they're really good players. And you start, you know, getting to know them, but you don't really know who they are or where they came from. I Honestly, like nine out of ten of them either played at Boise or Washington. Pretty crazy. Like, of all the two teams, you're like, because again, you know everyone from all the Big Ten and the SEC. Like you just know it. But then, like the, they either go to a random Pac-12, Mountain West, or like Boise. That's just who how the league's made up. I guess I digress. Obviously, Bayer to Philly last week's a really big one. Dobbs to the Vikings. That's really interesting, right? Jack Jack texts me today. He like breaks the news for me all the time. What do you think about Dobbs to the, to Minnesota? I'm just so happy for. I mean, this has to be the first time a quarterback has been traded twice in a season both times to be the starter and it's not like a team's run a course with him like i mean technically arizona has but they got kyler murray like that's a that's kind of extending the circumstance so i mean you look like i kind of tweeted out he went from a practice squad guy to being picked up by the titans it was i it's essentially was a playoff game it was a do or die and then last week he also started the week before and he didn't he i mean for a guy who had to learn the system in a matter of like four days like he didn't look bad at all and then Cleveland brings him in to be the backup, flips him to Arizona. He's the starter for eight weeks and looks good and probably one of the best one, two win teams in the history of football. I mean, they are in every single game. That's well and said. then now he's moved to Minnesota. I mean, yeah, they'll probably give Jaron Hall a shot, but if they want to win, they're going to start Josh Dobbs. I mean, I think that's a really great opportunity for him to show like I am legit. If you surround him, Justin Jefferson coming off IR, you have Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, Hawkinson. Like you surround him with all these weapons and he looks good. That's life changing right there. And the nice thing about Minnesota system, which was different than Arizona, Arizona is shotgun, very Philly, uh, Buffalo. Minnesota is Rams, Niners, Miami, under center, bootlegs, you know, play action pass, like run, setting up the pass. Like they're going to take care of them now. They're going to take care of them. So, it looks like Hall's going to get the start this week. I play with Jaron in preseason. He is mobile. He can rip it. Gunslinger type guy. He's super mature too. He's like 25-year-old rookie. So he's not like a typical rookie where they're like deer in the headlights. Like he has a family, kids. Like he, this is a mature guy. That makes a big difference in the locker room. That makes a big difference in the huddle. Like 
he's not a child. Um, because sometimes when you're like 20, 21 years old, man, like, like it's Zach Wilson. I, I'm interested to see what he's going to be like year six in this league. And he's like 25 years old. Like, think about that. Like Jaron replaced Zach in, at BYU. So we'll see how that pans out there in Minnesota. As everybody knows here, I'm a fan of that team. And, you know, listen, I wanted to get to Kirk Cousins because it's an absolute travesty what happened. It couldn't have happened to a better human being than Kirk. I think the outside world got to see Kirk, myself included, before I signed there in Minnesota. The Netflix documentary on the quarterbacks around the league. And I was just so upset to see him to get hurt. Like, this guy is rarely hurt. Rarely hurt. His toughness is probably his best attribute, his mind. His anticipation, the throws he makes, they're great in games. The throws he made in practices on a routine basis, cross the field, hash the back corner of the end zone. You're like, this guy, it's crazy what the world, outside media, the world, and I get it. You're watching games and you're making opinions based off of games and stats and sacks and interceptions and all that. But it's a team game. And in practice, Right, defensive lineman can't sack the quarterback, so you get to see the whole play play out. And some of the throws he makes, like, are just ridiculous on the move. So it's really upsetting for Kirk because this is a guy who really sacrifices a ton and really works his ass off. I'm bummed for the Vikings organization, a first class organization, because I think they're the team of the second half of the season for me, especially in the NFC. It's it's a shame. It really is a really good group of people there. They still want to win. You know, they have Hall, Mullins, they traded for Dobbs. So we'll see what happens in many, but it's a shame for Kirk. He's a great guy, great human. And we'll see what happens. A free agent, he's up for a new deal. They're saying he's going to be ready by training camp. I hope he is. I hope he is because uh, he's that good of a human being. It was a pleasure getting the Noman training camp. It was a pleasure, Jack, working with the Miller team of Northrop Realty a local family realty group that we were able to work with here, millerteam.com. Unbelievable people. They bought us the house that I'm recording in right now. We've worked with them on other houses we were looking to buy, areas we're trying to find out where to buy, financing options. They're the best. A family business that makes you feel warm and welcome, gives you the legit local advice. And if they don't know the answer, they find somebody who knows it. There's nothing worse than someone saying, yeah, yeah, making something up. And then you go out later and you hear the wrong thing. The Miller team of Northrop Realty, fantastic human beings that we've been so, so fortunate, so fortunate to work with in my family. Check them out, millerteam.com. Tell Missy and the team there, not for long media, sent you. <clears throat> okay, Jack. Did you happen to see the Dabo Sweeney video? I did not. Jack, unbelievable. First off, whether you believe in Dabo and Clemson and all these different things and people get all hung up on the press conferences and sometimes the religious stuff rubs people wrong or he seems like a used car salesman. If you think one negative thing about this, man, go listen to a video that went viral the other day. Some fan gets on there acting all godlike and I'm just like you, 
but you're overpaid and you're not a good coach and all these things. Dabo went off and it, it was unbelievable. So go back and listen to that, folks. If you haven't, it's six minutes long. Trust me, listen to the whole six minutes. It's fantastic. Fantastic. There's people in the comments that's like last night saying, hey, somebody summed this up for me. I don't want to listen to six minutes. Unbelievable six minutes. So I wanted to shout that out. Uh, <clears throat> anything in the NBA, Jack, that's going on nationwide before we move on? Are we just going to keep this all NBA? Should we just keep it all NFL? What's what's going on in the NBA other than uh, what's the name getting traded? Is that the news? James Harden. I mean, that pretty much, yeah, that is the big news right now. I mean, the season's kind of just getting started. We don't really have a good feel for, I mean, we kind of do, but I mean, like, it's nothing really changed from last year. The Bucks look really good at Damian Lillard. The Denver Nuggets, the reigning champs, look really good. There's no okay. real shockers yet. Okay. Here's your NBA update. NHL will wait for that. World Series is going on. To me, Phillies aren't in. I'm just not watching. I'm not interested. There's too much football on. There's too many other things on that pull me away. Two great teams I have a ton of respect for, but just not into it. I'm into this, though. Wealth Advisory Services, making money and saving money and putting money aside for your future. WealthAdvisoryServices.com. If you don't know them, you should. Check them out. Paul, Dave, and their team, 100 year and more of experience. Came into Jersey, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, right in the heart of Duels Down. They work with clients across the country. They'll customize your wealth management to you, your family, whether you have two dimes or you got millions of dimes. Wealth Advisory Service will help you. They've helped us build a house for our family. Many of houses, they've been just unbelievable when it comes to just buying cars, how to save money. WealthAdvisoryServices.com. Check Paul and Dave out. <clears throat> All right, Jack, the bar of the week this week on the Colin Thompson Show is Slider's Oyster Bar in Neptune Beach, Florida. This place was awesome. I was able to get down there this weekend, hang out with Teddy and the boys right outside of Jack's Beach, did a little Florida Gator game, Florida, Georgia. They got smoked by Georgia. That's neither here nor there. Love the Slider's, excuse me, Sliders Oyster Bar, great little spot. Block off the beach, beautiful bar top, awesome TVs, big oyster section. You know, they're they're shucking everything on the half shell right there. Fresh fruit, food. We went there three or four times in only three or four days. Uh, they're at brunch on the weekends. They have great drink specials. Love the margarita. The beers were cold. Peel and eat shrimp, honestly, coming from Baltimore area, they're so good here. But you can't beat the peel and eat shrimp there. Their sauce and how they made them, so, 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 so good. So Slider's Oyster Bar, food and ambiance, five out of five. Cold beer, four out of five. Service was a five out of five. TV's four out of five. Shout out to our boy, Logan, Amy, everybody there that took just amazing care of us. A great spot if you're in Jack's Beach, you want to check out Neptune Beach area, just a little north of Jack's Beach. Sliders Oyster Bar, brought to you by the original Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com. We're going to send it over to Andrew Cillian, unless you got something else to say, Jack. I'm sure people are sick of listening to me talk. Nothing. I think the one trade we didn't talk on, I think, was absolutely massive, was Rasul Douglas to Buffalo. I think that's a great trade. I mean, he really didn't look great. In Philly, I liked his intangibles. I mean, he's extremely lengthy. He just kind of didn't help, from what I remember, because it's been so long ago, and I really wasn't big in the football breakdowns at that point. I was like in high school or whatever. Uh, I mean, he was pretty much left on an island. He just got killed over the top consistently in Philadelphia. And then he moved on in Green Bay. He kind of bounced around a couple teams. In Green Bay, he really solidified, solidified himself as a near Pro Bowl caliber cornerback. And he was really great for the Packers. 
And now Buffalo, who lose Tredavious White, gets to bolster their secondary for a third-round pick. I think he just recently signed a contract, so I'm sure they have him locked in. I think that's a really great move for Buffalo, and that's something that – and I don't think it flew under the radar in the national sense, but I think it was a really great trade for the Bills. Yeah, the you know the the trade for Young and Sweat kind of took the day because it was big change in D.C. It's a great point, Jack. really is. I, they're a defensive football club. And the injuries there with Tredavious White, Milano, I thought they maybe even be more aggressive, but I'm sure they're up against it cap-wise. And uh, no, I mean, McDermott's a local guy here in the Philadelphia area. I wish him nothing but the best. And he's a stud. I played with Rasul in, in Carolina. People don't realize he was in Carolina for a year. So uh, he's bounced around as well as I have. That's Jack Connell. I'm Colin Thompson. Appreciate Wealth Advisory Services. The Miller Aldave team. Or the, I got I got to get this right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle with this because it's Missy Aldave, Missy Miller Aldave, their team at the Miller team at North of Realty. Check them out, North of. <laughs> I'm gonna struggle with it in the beginning. MillerTeam.com, Wealth Advisory Services, Wealth Advisory Services.com, and then Fudge Kitchen, FudgeKitchens.com. See Geek promo code Colin Thompson, C O L I N T H O N P S O N for twenty bucks off your tickets, fifty dollars or more. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate your support of us here at Not For Long Media. I hope you enjoy Andrew Siciliano. Awesome dude. All right, so we got the legendary Andrew Siciliano joining us today. How are you, my friend? Colin, what's going on, dude? I, I hesitate. Uh, I, I cringe when you say legendary, but I appreciate uh, the kind words regardless. That's that's a hell of an intro, man. You are, a, you? You are a legend. Uh, and specifically in this sports media business, Trailblazer, you've done a lot of amazing things. But more importantly, how are you doing? Uh, what's going on in your world now? Uh, my world's good, man. Navigating a 13th season at NFL Network. It's uh, it's awesome. The network just just hit its 20. Actually, this week is the 20th anniversary, which was amazing. Honored, flattered to be there for 13 years. Doing some other things on the side as well this year. I got to do a couple of Browns games, radio play-by-play. I was born and raised a Browns fan. That was cool. Um, got to do it a game on Peacock for the big 10. That was amazing. Um, and, and loving the life in the network and, uh, you know, happy, uh, happy to be part of this, uh, big football machine, man. How's your podcast world? How's that going? Things are going well, you know, we got podcasts. Everybody has one. Um, you know, that, <laughs> so, so you're dealing with, uh, other folks having a bunch of different things, but it's going great. We, we are, my show's fun, but adding new shows and, hiring new people and giving people opportunities and explaining to people how easy it is and how we can work together and not for long media and kind of create this. We have like 10 shows now, like that's overnight. great. Yeah. So a little bit of everything that they're all different from fantasy football to baseball, to my show, to we're looking to bring in like a leadership, uh, a gentleman that interviews authors. So just like a little bit of, I don't know, like a little media. That's cool. Yeah. That's so good. it's been fun, man. It's right, been do, fun. Do, you, do you guys have a show about like, the Phillies, sorry to, you know, yeah. if it's too close to home. Oh, man. Yeah, we have a food and just debauchery show called The <laughs> Sam, Sam Boner Show. It's hysterical. Okay. And um, it's this awesome cult, like, food following group. And I'm, that's all I do is, like, do these. My, my social media is full of, like, this stuff and then, like, me eating and rating it because that's what they do. But we created a show, and it was all about the Phillies and just absolutely falling on their face. Um Brutal collapse for a team that really has no flaws. That's a real tough one. And I guess that's baseball, right? Like, 
Yeah. I mean, look, look at the Phillies run last year, obviously. And then look at the D-backs and the Rangers this year. It's it's like a seven seed or what used to be a six seed in the NFL making a run to the Super Bowl. That's that's why we have the expanded playoffs. That's why, um, like, look at the trade deadline this week. That's why so many teams are are in or at, like, like where where are all these teams? Well, because these teams, you know, have to make a point, make a decision. Can we make a run? And, and you know, the last couple of years in baseball, an example of how all you got to do is get in, right? And you can make a run. And that yeah. 100-win teams, whether they be the Phillies or the Dodgers or whomever, you know, it doesn't guarantee you anything. It does not. And speaking of the trade deadline, we did a little bit of break news. Leonard Williams traded to Seattle. Yeah. Seattle going, you know, I don't know if the word is all in, but that's a good, good player. I have not, I've had the, what's that displeasure of blocking him or trying to, <laughs> um, he's a monster and he's really good. And he's, he, I mean, he adds to that great defense. It's like a perfect fit for him. Yeah. It, it's interesting too, because that's an example again of a game yesterday that went one way and not the other. And now maybe that team views its potential long-term future a little bit differently. I, I don't know that John Schneider or Pete Carroll would have, you know, taken their foot off the gas, so to speak, if for some reason P.J. Walker converts that third and three at the end of the game. But when you combine it with the Niners losing, the Seahawks moving into first, and the realization that we're paying the quarterback now, right? I mean, this is our window. And regardless of what you think of Geno, they paid the guy. This is their window right now. Let's do it. Um, they go out and make the move. They've never been shy about making moves. Um, I, I Part of me also wants to look back at the Dave Gettleman part of this as well when, when everyone – you know, it was like, what are you doing signing this guy or, or trading for this guy? And then, you know, the fifth year option and this and that. Well, they got, you know, they're getting back at a two and what, a four or a five yeah. in return. So they're, they're, they're getting a good return. And the flip side of, uh, you know, on, on the Giants side as well is the fact that, I mean, this was a playoff team 10 months ago. And now they are an absolute mess. I mean, it's not just the quarterback. Um, it's the fact that they can't protect the quarterback. And as you well know, if you can't protect the quarterback, then then your team's going to fail and, and fall flat. Yeah, it's it's really interesting with the Giants. I play for Big Blue. It's a first-class organization. The way they take care of their players, uh, I love playing there. And they, they do things the right way from a player's perspective inside the building. And I absolutely, like I said, I loved it. But where are they? And I think that's like if you can't be either like losing or winning. Like I, the the Sixers, the process like tanking. I loved it mm -hmm. as a fan. I loved it as a fan. I'm like, at least there's direction. I'm a Flyers fan, and like they are always in no man's land. They are like always buyers at the deadline, and they always either miss the playoffs or just get in and lose, and they get like the 15th pick overall. And I'm like, what? This is it. You can't have a high draft pick. Can't nothing. So if you're the Giants, sell and go down and. Put yourself in an opportunity to really and i don't want to say tanks a word it's so negative but it's like if you're not even remotely close to being in the fight then don't don't show up to it in a way you know i think they're a victim of their own somewhat unexpected success from last year if you go back and you listen to what joe shane was saying um before last season i mean he he, he was kind of open I, I i think we praised him on the network at the time for being so open I'd have to go back and look at the quotes, but if I remember them correctly, Colin, it was something along the lines of like, hey, like, 
you know, our hands are kind of tied here. Like, I mean, we'd have any salary cap space. This roster isn't clearly where it needs to be. Like, and he kind of suggested there would be a process, right? We're going to have to take some baby steps, right? Or, or some steps backwards before we can move forward. And then they made the playoffs and won a game. And, I mean, credit to Brian Dayball. He deserved that Coach of the Year award. I mean, he coached his tail off, and Daniel Jones deserved that contract, and Saquon had a great year. But then now all of a sudden it's, well, the bar is a lot higher, and this roster still has limitations. And then, you know, the whole O-line falls to pieces injury-wise, and you're left with nothing. But, hey, last year was a great run, but it's still, this roster still requires some revamping that uh, that maybe you needed more time to do initially. Great points. You you cover you know you've covered football forever now, and you you just do a tremendous job. And you've seen the evolution of certain positions. You've seen the evolution of how players are paid, and specifically the running back position. Talk about the Giants, Saquon Barkley. How do you solve this running back situation? Like because these guys are great players. Like absolute ballers but they get hurt it's a high contact position where it has a shelf life they've been getting beat up in college they were getting beat up in high school uh it's much different than tight end it's much different than wide receiver or even offensive line it's violent contact all the time from all different angles and really weird angles too so what would you do if you're running back today or if you're an agent of a running back today, how do you solve this kind of issue in the league where these great players aren't getting paid? I don't know that there is an easy solution. I tell you, if I was the uh, the father of a football playing kid, I would steer him anywhere other than running back right now because I don't know that you know if they were fortunate enough to be the you know what half of one percent right that that makes it to the league that it's going to be any different when they get to the league. But unfortunately for these guys, there are so many people waiting to take their job and coaches believe that they can be replaced because they think that their scheme is what works less than, than what the running back actually does. I do. um, I do favor paying the elite guys because guys like Derrick Henry, like Nick Chubb, um, like Saquon, who's younger than those other two have proven that they are worth every single penny. But you also have to realize on, on the ownership side that you're taking a risk. You're taking a fairly significant financial risk. But, but Colin, as you know, the, the franchise tag number for the tight end, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is higher than it is for the running back. Now, there is a scarcity of elite talent, obviously, at tight end. Um, and And the elites are so difficult to replace. Take Travis Kelsey away. Is someone stepping in and getting 100 catches and performing at a, at a Hall of Fame level? No, but we've seen third, fourth, fifth string running backs step in and rip off 150-yard games, right? And so coaches think, well, anybody could, could step in and do that. And so then we don't have to pay those guys. I think the biggest – the biggest disappointment for me on so many levels is the Nick Chubb injury week two. Not mm. only is he just a, a first-class guy, right, and a beloved teammate and beloved in the community, but he was going to be, in my eyes, the test case for all of this. And Nick and I spoke in training camp when we did a show there in Cleveland. This year was the last year of the big guaranteed money on his contract. And next year, he was due to make unguaranteed, I, I don't know, maybe 14-ish, 15-ish, whatever. It was a nice number. 
and he was coming off a 1,500-yard season. If he were to put up another 1,500-yard season, right, and the Browns were to be playing collectively as well as they are now, right, make a run at a playoff spot, then what do you do with a soon-to-be next-year 28-year-old Nick Chubb? Do you give him a third contract? I think the Browns would have been forced to, with good reason, give him that third contract. And he looked at me, and he knew where I was going, and he conceded that, yeah, he had thought about it, but then he got hurt. Mm. So, you know, I, we need a test case like that, like an older elite player, right? Like if Derrick Henry in the final year of his deal rips off a great season this year, wherever he goes or ends up, whether it's Tennessee or traded to Baltimore or wherever, and you're looking at Derrick Henry pushing 30, but still at the top of his game, then what do you do? You need more of those and hope that money trickles down to everyone else. Yeah, the Derrick Henry situation in Tennessee, Will Levis playing great, putting up big numbers and just absolutely ripping the ball. Uh, let's change subjects here a little bit. There's a you know, There's got to be a team in the league that you really enjoy watching this year or you're confused why they're good or confused by they're bad, but whatever that may be. Who's the team that you're like, this team's on this year? I'm, I like watching them a lot. Man, I can go a lot of different places with that. I'll, I'll, I'll say Miami only because they are that much fun to watch. I mean, look at look at the touchdown to Tyreek yesterday. I mean, the guy, that offense, everything about that operation with Mike McDaniel is so much fun to watch. But Colin, who have they beaten? They've played two really good teams in Buffalo and uh, who did they also? Philly, they lost to Philly. Philly, all right. Buffalo and Philly. Now, they played Philly Titans in the fourth quarter, and then obviously the game got away from them at the end. But the two really good teams they've played, they've lost to. Everyone else, I mean, they just blow out of the water. It's almost like they're toying with their food. Maybe they hang around for a couple of minutes, and then, eh, okay, we're good. And then they give you all these highlight real plays. Like, if I had that, that football age playing kid, I would take him to the stadium when the Dolphins come to town so he could see – that kind of circus because they're amazing. But do I trust them in January? Now, right now, I don't. Now, it's not January. So good. It's still October when we're recording this. Um, They're the one. And then I think there are a million teams that are kind of stuck in the middle. Like, are they good or are they not good? Like the Falcons, right? Like um, like the Vikings before Kirk's unfortunate injury, right? Like, are they good or no. they not good? I don't know. I'm bummed about like, that. I, one, I really man. don't know. It's like, that one it's like this, yeah, I know it hurts. Like it's the middle of the pack. I feel like there's, I, I don't even know if I want to call it parody. I would call it enhanced mediocrity, whatever you want to call it in the middle right there. And I feel there's a lot of those teams that, as you said, kind of are confusing. Yeah. I mean, this Ravens team really interests me. They just have like the Eagles very similar in a way where they're winning some games that aren't that pretty. They have tons of talent on both sides of the ball. They have great coaching, proud franchises, great fan bases. Like the Ravens to me are the team in the AFC. I think it's going to be, I mean, I don't know how this playoff thing is going to work out where, you know, halfway through the season, the whole nine, but the Ravens have interested me this year. They have been the team. Lamar stepping up, playing the way he's played, the throws down the field. You're just seeing the money payoff, which is great. I love that for players. Like you're saying, that old running back, like mm -hmm. pay guys and guys perform. I think Lamar's been extremely interesting for me this season. I, I think Lamar's playing his best football, and that includes his MVP season. Um, and even the games that maybe don't get the attention 
Last week was great this past Sunday. Uh, the Sunday before that, phenomenal. Uh, go back to um, when they won in Cleveland. His numbers were not great that day in terms of his overall yardage and everything. They ran the ball really well. First team to run the ball against the Browns. Um, it's since happened, but that was, they were the first. Uh, his, his ball to the back of the end zone to Mark Andrews in triple coverage. Remember that one? Back yes. of the end zone to the right. You throw it, you're like, what are you doing? And then Mark Andrews caught it because Lamar put it in the one place where nobody else could get to it. Um, and and that, to me, I said that night, that was as good a game as I've ever seen him play just because you only asked him to throw the ball 19 times. He, he threw probably 19 perfect passes. Um, and there are times where he has, in the past, run where he is standing there and he's picking you apart and he's deadly accurate. I mean, it isn't the prettiest ball, and sometimes it's coming from here and here and here and here. But we praise Patrick Mahomes for all his off-platform throws. And then you want to look at Lamar and go, but it doesn't. It looks funny when he's throwing it. And it's, I don't care. He he is playing as well as he has ever played. Um, and Mike McDonald defenses are hard to prepare for, right? I mean, he he's 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 throwing the bag at you every week. So yeah, I, I think they are absolutely a championship threat. They are for sure. And I, I think as we continue to move on, you're going to see Lamar running more. Um, and that's scary for the rest. Of yeah. The why not? Year. I mean, you yeah. know, it, it, because if he hasn't been running and you're going to let, you know, teams going to play back and not spy him or not whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, then he'll yeah. run. You're paying, you're really truly playing with fire and you know, that's there. I'm sure you could see the offense this year. It's changed a little bit different. The more down the field throws, they're working in some different patterns, some higher level. That sounds bad, but some higher level, more complex Kansas City type, you know, pass game down the field where before it wasn't a lot of play action. Uh, so you're seeing that and too. His, that. his accuracy, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, it, he's not, obviously, it's not 2018 anymore, but he's not just the guy that said, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll throw the seam to the tight end. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that, that's my whole bag. That, no, he's not. Like he, we're so far above and beyond that, um, but he's not getting the attention. Clearly, I don't. I don't think he cares. Yeah, they, that's they fine. just keep winning. Yeah, they just keep winning. Yeah, they're they're interesting for sure. Okay, so I don't make many predictions, but I, I you know, I was on a because of my current status in and out of this league. I was on a radio show today, and we're talking like, well, who's your Super Bowl team? I'm like, I don't do that, but I'll say this: I think it's Kansas City and Philly until they're knocked mm -hmm. off. Sure. You know, it, until they're knocked off, right? Like, that's my kind of political answer, but it's also how I really feel. Like, it's hard to just say, like, those two teams, man, are just – they're just different. They're finding ways to win. Obviously, Kansas City loses last week to Denver, and that's that's a part of the NFL season. Right? Eagles lost to the Jets, and that was a whole big deal. And I still think the Niners will be fine. But the, the Colin Coward, some people love him, hate him, whatever. I enjoy his work. I think he's really sharp. And Absolutely. Colin, always, he always says – Owner, general manager, head coach, quarterback. If you check the box in all those places, mm -hmm. you have successful franchises, and those two definitely do. Yeah. It's, it's, don't you love that airport question as well? Like, hey, man, who's going to win the Super Bowl? I, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, Who has right? some advantage? Right. Is it snowing? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I Look, I, I'm good with both of those. Um, there, there's always an outlier. I don't know that Seattle – is that yeah. team, but you know, they look good yesterday. I still think they have offensive line issues that are, that are, <coughs> excuse me, going to come back to haunt them. Um, 
the uh, you know if Dallas plays the way it played yesterday, sure. I don't know that they're always going to play that way. Um, there, I, I still think to go back to what you were just saying about that checklist, any team with the quarterback, and that goes for the Bills as well, um, has a shot. Um, at the same time, I think fans are overlooking how much Matt Milano and Tredavious White meant to that defense. You don't just lose, for all intents and purposes, all due respect to an, an, an aging Von Miller, your best two defensive players and just assume you're going to play the same level of defense and have the same fortune in January without, hands down, your two best defensive players. So I think that's a big hit that that may come back to bite them. Um, and then who else? Uh, you know, the Lions certainly have a shot. Um, I, I don't know about the Niners. They're not getting the pass rush right now. Um, no one really in the NFC South. Sorry. Um, AFC West, yeah. n- nobody outside Kansas City. AFC South, no. Um, AFC North, it, it would not surprise me if any of the four made a run, with the possible exception of the Steelers. I'm still not necessarily buying Kenny Pickett. Um, did I miss yeah. anyone? That, no, that AFC North is brutal. <laughs> we played them last season. I was in the Carolina active, mm-hmm. you know, three years ago, two years ago, and then last year I was on the practice squad, and I had a bunch of injuries, and and um, I was able to really sit back and watch the AFC North. They are brutal to play against. Everybody is massive. Like usually, I mean, the NFL is big. Don't get me wrong, but like certain teams are just huge. Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Ravens, massive players. Cincinnati's got some big guys too. They got great mm-hmm. players, but like those three in particular, you're like, whoa! Like it's just different. Even the NFL guys are like, whoa! Uh, but you know, for me, I really wouldn't have you on because I want to hear your journey, a little bit about your sure. story. I think you have an interesting one, nonetheless. And this is where the tough part for me is like, tell me the fun stories, but I don't. I bad <laughs> journalism. Take me back to the beginning, though. Like, did you see yourself being at this level you're at now from day yeah. one? I'm passionate about this media business. I, I never thought I'd get here, man. I, I will just sum it up. I, I'm one of the luckiest guys out there. Uh, yeah, we all work hard, certainly. And yes, kids continue to work hard. Um, I got some breaks and, and, and certainly I worked my tail off, uh, but I never thought I would ever do this. Um, I, I, Colin, uh, was the kid who grew up listening to the radio, um, listening to games on the radio every night. Baseball, certainly huge baseball fan, watching football long before Sunday ticket with my old man um, and thought maybe I, I wanted to do this, but I was a really shy kid. Uh, I thought the easier way into, into doing this might be as a writer, you know, like talking on camera, talking into a microphone. I could never, ever do that. I couldn't talk to it. I still feel a little bit uncomfortable getting up on stage in front of a room of people. I'd rather do it on TV where it's just me in a room where everyone I know. But um, uh, I, I went to school to be a writer. I wrote the student newspaper. I was going to get a journalism degree. And then I went to Syracuse to start doing some radio. Felt comfortable with it. Um, and, and eventually kind of switched to that career path. Didn't do any TV. Was a radio reporter in Chicago out of college and covered uh, – a lot of great stuff in the 90s there, Jordan and Sosa and, and all that great stuff was there at an amazing time, just especially as a 21-year-old living in Chicago. 
Um, and then eventually made it out here to L.A. Um, when Fox launched um, its sports radio network in, in 2000. And so I was one of the people they hired people from all over in sports radio to 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 get that thing off the ground. Um, and that got my foot in the door at Fox Sports. And then so started doing some TV at Fox, which I had never done before. Um, and then uh, that got my foot in the door with DirecTV when we launched the Red Zone channel in 2005. Um, because back then uh, Fox owned DirecTV. And so they, they took a bunch of us Fox sports people and said, you're going to go to DirecTV to work on this project. And we actually shot it all at Fox the first couple of years. Um, and then that Red Zone channel took off. Um, and um, eventually I, I started, I, I went to work for NFL Network in 2011. Um, and so DirecTV and NFL Network for a long, long time. And uh now just at NFL Network, but that was that was a very condensed version of me being a shy kid who uh, remember remembers watching batting practice for a baseball All Star game and watching like Mattingly and Boggs and Tony Gwynn and all those guys like hanging around the batting cage before an All Star game and like all those writers like the old school writers with like the the pockets here with their pens and their notepads right talking to those guys I'm like oh my god how cool is that like I could hang out behind the batting cage at the All Star game and and talk to to Don Mattingly and Wade Boggs um, and I'm like, I want to do that and that's how the idea kind of launched in my head and you know I don't know. I'm still sitting here and, and, until they tell me my badge doesn't work anymore and go home. Hey man, that's, that's everybody in, in, in all their crafts and it's, it's an interesting journey for sure. Now, why Syracuse? Were you in high school? Like, Hey, I want to do this media thing. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of like, I decided in high school, I wanted a journalism degree and, and um, I was going to go to Ohio U originally be a Bobcat. Bobcat. Um, yeah. And uh, they have a really good print journalism program. And then uh, Syracuse sent me like a little partial academic scholarship. Um, I guess I had good grades. And um, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go there. They have a great journalism program regardless. You know, print isn't the the, the, um, the headliner there. But I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go there, uh, convince my parents to do it. My parents kind of thought that like, oh, wow, it's in New York. I mean, you're you're not New York speed. You know, you're kind of the quiet kid, maybe. Maybe Southeastern Ohio feels a little bit better, um, but I ended up going there, and here we are. Upstate New York's a little, little slower, a little quieter. Yeah, it, it, it's more of like, you know, oh, it's all these New York kids. Like, yeah, I'll deal with it. So yeah. it's a little bit different. Um, you know, all these years later, I, you know, my name ends in a vowel. I talk with my hands. I'm pretty loud, and everyone just assumes I'm from New York. <laughs> ah, I went to school there. Close enough. There you go. You know. Uh, okay, so – what is going on right now in like your world in the sports media world, because it's ever changing. The red yeah. zone is blowing up, but I love asking guys like yourself who are in this business are on the cutting edge of things. What's next or what's going sure. away other than radio? You know, mm -hmm. what, what, what's the next angle of how we're going to be consuming, you know, these games, media players, interviews, whatever. I mean, 10 years podcasts will probably be gone. Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, look at it. I mean, years ago when the, the podcast thing started, it was really just a way to replace radio, right? And now all podcasts must be visual, right? You joked at the beginning, everyone's got a podcast. Um, 
obviously it, it's grown to the point where, and technology has grown to the point where anyone with one of these, I'm holding up a phone for those who are listening to the audio version, um, has a better TV studio than anything that was ever put on the air when I went to college, right? I mean, more power in this one phone as a production studio um, than real television studios back in the 90s and early early 2000s. So anyone can do anything from anywhere at any time. And um and look, look at NFL Network and and the NFL Plus push. Obviously, it's it's the easiest, the best way to get to the fan is to go to direct to consumer. Um, ESPN's president has said that within five years they are direct to consumer, and the cable companies are probably out of the equation. Um, any way that that players, or I'm sorry, any way that the fans can be reached is where it's going, and, and that speaks for the players as well. You know, your phone's going to ring. You're going to be back in the league. You now have a podcast business and you now have a way to connect with those fans. Look at Jalen Ramsey's video on Sunday. He's got a production team with him, right? His own production team to do a video trailer. It was awesome. Good for him to announce his return from surgery, right? He's controlling the message. And you as a player, and whether it's football, basketball, anything, an Olympian, you have the ability to control the message. And in many ways, the networks are catching up as well. They have to find a way to get direct, direct to consumer, just as the players, the athletes, find a way to get to direct to consumer. You mentioned the athletes. Another fun question I love to have, you know, addressed to folks like yourself is who are the freakiest? <laughs> freakiest cats you've seen right my uncle covered what to find to find freaky <laughs> the the best athletes the the, the most oh, okay the most impressive I sorry i gotta be specific it's 2023 uh i gotta be specific uh on exactly what i'm asking here and that would be like my uncle tells a great story he covered you know philadelphia uh, career post for years and he's like i went to see Batting practice for Mark McGuire, that was unbelievable. Alexander, sure. Ove Alexander Ovechkin hitting one-timers after practice. And Mike Tyson sparring and knocking out 12 different people within like 12 minutes before his Holy. big fight. Yeah. And he's like that. There was one more. I always forget it. But it but it but it was on me. He tells that story like every Thanksgiving, you know, as a kid. And I would just be like – and I played with guys. Chris McCaffrey, Justin mm -hmm. Jefferson. Um, who else? Brian Burns. Guys that are just – they're just different. Um, there's some things that you can fall back on from your journey that are just people are like, wow, these guys are just different. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go Philly first because um, it was the first time I ever said, wow, in person, um, like for something I was covering. Actually, I take that back. Go back to high school. Um, Grant Hill is a couple of years older than me. My, he, he was playing South Lakes High School, Reston, Virginia, ahead of me. Um, like I played, but I, I was, you know, there. Um, he's three years older than me. I got to see that in person. That was, you know, one of the truly amazing things to see him there and to see Coach K and and John Chaney and all these coaches, John Thompson, come to our gym to recruit Grant Hill was, was absurd. But um, I got to Syracuse, and I'll never forget um, when fellow Virginian, native Virginian, uh, Alan Iverson came to town with Georgetown. I remember sitting there calling the game for student radio, WAER radio, and Alan Iverson stole a ball and then, you know, took it back the other way. And the speed that the speed at which he dribbled past our table and took it to the rack took your breath away. Like a 19-year-old 
Allen Iverson, you just went, holy, like that. I've never seen anything like that. Um, and then I got to Chicago and I was fortunate to cover title five and six for Jordan. And I mean, yeah, I mean, what do you say? Um, I saw Jordan up, up close. So any, any and everything he did and he won two championships. I was there for, um, and then you mentioned Mark McGuire taking batting practice. Um, you know, I covered the 98 Cubs. I wasn't on the road with them or anything like that, but I, I mean, I was there for that amazing McGuire Sosa you know, nonsense in 98, roids or no roids, uh, to watch Mark McGuire take BP. Sosa was great in PB, don't get in batting practice, don't get me wrong. But McGuire, um, I'll never forget if anyone knows uh, left field at Wrigley, right? So it's it's Waveland and Sheffield. Sheffield goes north south, Waveland goes east west, right? So left field at the corner of Waveland and Kenmore, okay. So 1032 West Addison is right there. I'm sorry, 1032 West Waveland is right there. There's a residential building. We always used to see the guy with the uh, fishing net out the window. And then Kenmore goes north-south. McGuire hit one in BP. Three doors up Kenmore on the east side of the street that broke a railing on the front step. And I was standing out there. And, like, that was... I mean, I'm not going to try to put like some Ruthian legend on it, but I, I swear that was 550 feet at least. I, it like it shouldn't get there, it, and and he broke a railing, and it was just like that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Wow, yeah, yeah. I think for me, the cra- one of the craziest things I've ever seen was in practice. Christian McCaffrey running, and it's not like it's something like he made it look so routine. He was running to the pylon. The quarterback was Christian was going left to right out of the backfield. Quarterbacks in the gun. He's mm-hmm. running to the front pylon. The ball's behind him. He doesn't turn around for it. He just puts his hands behind his back and just catches it <laughs> like a normal way, but his hand slipped over behind his back and just caught it and tucked it routine and went in the end zone. And, I, again, I was hurt, so I was standing behind the group watching practice. I kind of looked at someone. I'm like, did you just see that? They're like, yeah, what, what was the big deal? I'm like, did you just see that? Then we go into the film later, and everyone's like – it's like the first tape the next day in the, in the team meeting room. Like, everyone, you know, we're, like, laughing and almost making fun of him in a way. Like, dude, what, are you okay? Like, what? <laughs> Like no yeah, effort, it's like pink. You're just like, wow, um, this guy's different for sure. So uh, what's next for you this year? Do you, are you get like cover any big events? Like, are you at, or like, what's the playoffs look like for you? I know there's changes with the, you know, the red zone and NFL network, but what are some things you're looking forward to as the season moves on? Yeah. I mean, uh, every, every week's a new adventure. I mean, the, the, the Super Bowl's in Vegas, so I'm certainly looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the Senior Bowl in January. That's one of the things for NFL Network that I love, 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 love. We're down in Mobile for a week. Why do you love um, the Senior Bowl so much? I'll tell you why. Because you get to know everyone before they get to the league, right? And you get to see that that week of competition um, for – take Tyson Bajan, for example, right? He's a D2 quarterback who showed up at the Senior Bowl last year. And honestly, eh, during the week of practice – but turned out to be a gamer, right? Not that he won the game or anything on Saturday, but he made some throws. You're like, all right, like it's speeding up for him, right? He's comfortable now. He's got it. Um, but to see those guys get their feet wet, um, get NFL coaching, and, and to say that you saw them before they got to the league, um, I mean, Jim Nagy and before him, Phil Savage did such a great job stocking those rosters that I feel like for me, for my job covering the league, it is it is such a great launching point 
to learn everyone's backstory before you get to the combine, before you get to the draft. And it helps me so much when you're out there at training camps, when you're covering games, because you, you have tucked away in your head, oh yeah, he went to so-and-so and he was a transfer from so-and-so. It's like yesterday it came up, like Drew Sanders recovered the muff punt. Hardman put the punt on the ground um, in, in Denver. Like Drew Sanders recovered. Oh, well, I, I remember from the senior bowl that, that Drew Sanders finished at Arkansas, but started at Alabama. And I know his whole backstory, right? And to me, that that stuff is invaluable. And plus Mobile is is awesome. They're great hosts. And you get a chance to to catch up with everyone you haven't seen in a year. Every coach is there. Every GM is there. It's low key. It's not like, you know, Super Bowl corporate parties. Not that those aren't great, but it, it's just, it's invaluable. That's great. Yeah, it's an organic way to learn all the information. So yeah. Read something. It's like, you know. But actually get to know people. Like actually have face-to-face yeah. conversations, right? Um, you know, because everyone's within a two block area and you're going to get coffee in the morning and you're running into, you know, player X from wherever, right? Yeah, hey, player X now. And mom, and mom is there as well. Right. And, and, and then you have that conversation, you make those connections. And, and as you know, Colin, like it, it's, it's, it's not fantasy stats, right? People aren't reduced to avatars on their phone, right? In and out of lineup, in and out of lineups on Sunday. It, yep. It's, it's a people business. Everything's a people business. And and you guys, I say you guys, all NFL players, all 2,200, whatever right now on rosters um, have stories to tell. And we got to tell those stories. No doubt. And I think a lot of the players are aware of that. They work great with you guys. They, are, they have their own platform, right? We talked about consumers earlier. Uh, it's an awesome organic way to do it. I, I've never been to the Senior Bowl. Maybe I'll pop down there this year and just hang yeah, out. It's and, cool. It's, yeah. a, it's a great, I mean, just networking. It, it's yeah. a great place to be. As we wrap up, uh, we walk by each other on the NFL broadcast media boot camp, and I tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, Andrew, I don't think we have a lot of time, but I'm a huge fan. I'd love I remember to where we were. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you did. I want to love to connect because it didn't work out organically this time, but we'll have you on the show, and then we'll actually meet and sure. be able to chat later. Uh, but at that, first off, that event is incredible. Uh, if you ever a player listening to this, I have a chance to go to that. It's invite only situation now. You got to put a a bid in to get in, or a little bit of a resume and a video. But it was so well done, and the NFL Network team and all the people that were there are so first class. It was unbelievable. But my question for you is this. They put us through a few different things. We had a call game on the radio. Mm-hmm. We had a call game on TV, obviously color side. We had to you know, sit at the desk and do pre- and post-game breakdowns, opinion stuff, and then we had to do a podcast. But you know, I guess rank them for me from you, like – would you rather call a game on radio or TV? Do you enjoy the studio stuff? Like, how's that work for you? Uh, that's tough. Um, I, I don't know that I can rank. It's funny you ask because it, it's something that's come up a lot this year. Like, what do you want to do more? Right? Like, you know, no more red zone. Like, well, what do you like? I'm like, I like both. I like hosting. I like, I like calling games. Um, they're all a little bit different. You, you flex different parts of your brain. Um, they're different skill sets, but I, I love doing them all. There's truly nothing better. I, I know you can attest to this than being in the stadium. Right. Nothing yep. better than being in the stadium. So it's like it's great when both of those worlds come together. Like, let's say when we're on the road for a game like like Thursday night football, even though Thursday night football is not always beloved by the players when you could do a show from the stadium. So you're hosting and you're at the stadium. That's really cool. Um, I, I love Thursday game. night football. Yeah, you did. You got get yeah, because because you get the mini buy. Right. And practice is easy that week. <laughs> right. It's glorified no, walk through. Yeah. I'm not 
you know, uh, you know, Lane Johnson, who just took 80 reps the week before. Mm. Either I have my 20 reps. I know what I'm doing. This is my role. So I like it for that. And then you have the weekend. So I did like that. I yeah. Say. Everyone loves the mini buy, man. I get yeah. it. Um, so when you can combine those worlds, it's fun. Um, it's actually awesome. Um, I did radio a couple times this month. I hadn't really done radio in 15 years. Um, that goes back to like my college roots. I kind of missed right. it. it. It's really cool, but it's a totally different a bike? thing. Than, uh, no, I mean, I fell down a couple times, but yeah, it's like riding a bike. Um, but yeah. it's totally different than on television. Like on television, you know, let's say I could say something like, um, uh, let's say Baker to throw Thompson touchdown, right? That's it. Yep. Right. You could add more if you want to, but I could get away with that. Whereas in, in radio, it's all right. Two by two set third and 10 from the seven, you know, yep. Mayfield shotgun snap Thompson in motion left to right. Gets the snap, rolling right, eyes downfield, lets it go. Thompson to the end zone, hands up. Like, there's so much more, right? And it, it's, but it was fun. It's, I got chills. That was good. Harris ended up my arm. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, whatever. you caught, you caught it, by the way. Great. Probably great. back to the old days yeah. running around Baker in practice. Um, yeah. No, I love the radio. I do. I called a couple games at Temple through my years, cool. probably tw- 20 plus. And when I was in and out of the league early on and they got a hundred bucks a game and traveling with the team. And like, I loved it because you could just, you were just pouring information out. Sure. It was a but TV. It's very, very professional, which is awesome. I love being professional, but radio is like, this is like your little radio team. You got to pull through and explain everything. And mm-hmm. I love it. I love that team, but also feels like you can connect. Yeah, like you connect with the fan a little bit more because you're truly you're, you're their eyes. You got to tell them yeah. everything, everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. I hey, uh, dude, can't wait to, to see you in person again and uh, safe travels rest of the year. Good luck to the rest of the year on all Likewise. your calls and all the things you're doing, and we'll talk soon. I'm right, Colin. Glad we did it. Coming from a time where kids think they're gangsta Talking like a dog but